Welcome to The Vital Vagina, where we delve into brave and crucial conversations about the womb and feminine power. This podcast is not just for people with vaginas. We all come from the womb, and there is much for everyone to learn from this place of deep wisdom. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Cornelius. I'm a chiropractor and holistic pelvic care provider. I've been working in the feminine healing realm for nearly a decade, and I am honored to bring this work and these stories to light. Well, hello, Akila. Welcome to The Vital Vagina. Thank you, Danielle. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation. Um, if we could start a little bit by having you tell listeners a little bit about your background, that would be great. Well, um, my background, interesting question. Uh, <laughs> I know. Cause... Everyone I've had on has like such a variety, like such a variety in their background. It's... <laughs> It's hard to know where to start. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, because my life has gone through so many different gyrations of, um, of just, you know, I don't even know what the word is, honestly, (laughs) just so many different, you know, just so many different, so many different phases, I guess. Um, I I think, okay, so I'm, um, I'm a mom uh, Mm. and a grandmother and mm. uh, that's really important to me. Um, yeah. I grew up in a very close family, and family has always been amazing. So um, that's probably what I'm most proud of is just you know being a mom and a grandmother and a wife. Mm. Um, I've been married for 35 years. My anniversary is actually coming up soon. <laughs> oh, congratulations! Thank you. And that's a big um, deal. It is. It is. Um, a lot of people don't think people stay married that long, but a lot of people do. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot. I think most of what I know as an adult, I literally, honestly learned from my grandparents. Um, oh. I was really fortunate to be one of those um, uh, baby baby boomers who grew up with their grandparents. And mm-hmm. so I learned a lot from my mother's parents. Um, my grandfather and my grandmother were amazing people. Um, they weren't educated at all. They were very uneducated, but they had a lot of knowledge about life and about um, how to live in a natural, healthy way. So Mm. most of what I do now, I've realized over time is really sort of like a nod to all of the the things that I learned from them as a child. So um, I I have been practicing natural healing, holistic healing for about 15 years, um, but actually longer than that. I mean, as a professional, but prior to that, most of my life just, you know, without any training or education, just self-taught. So, um, at some point around 2007, I decided to go to school and start getting some formal training. Um, and so I, I went to school to become a health coach and had already been working a lot with self-care with women for probably a decade prior to that. And, um, that led to just opening the door to all of the other things that I was interested in as far as healing goes and so um, Reiki became a big part of that. And I became a Reiki practitioner uh, back in 2003. And that was a journey, has been a journey, continues to be a journey, actually, that uh, amazingly positively packs, impacts my life. I use Reiki yeah. every day. Um, I've seen tremendous changes over the years from doing Reiki on myself and from doing Reiki on other people. And um really started to focus in around 2007 on women's health. Uh, I went to work for a midwife in Portland and um, learned a ton there from her about um, 
just women's issues around birth and uh, some of the some of the um, ways that women are not served in hospitals and through modern medicine mm-hmm. in the birth mm-hmm. in their birth experiences. So I really became very interested in that and ended up becoming a doula. And I've worked as a doula for the last ten years now, and that's been also amazing. And I've been able to incorporate Reiki and energy work into that as well. Um, nice. A lot of what I've done or was trying to do has gotten somewhat sidetracked over the last 10 years because I was taking care of elders. And mm. so I became a primary caregiver. And um, it was a journey that I didn't expect to be so long um, or as involved, but it was amazing. And I mm. learned that I have an amazing capacity for um being with people not only at the beginning of their life but also at the end and um Mm. it doesn't scare me i I was really surprised to learn that it didn't scare me um Mm. and so i've learned a lot from that process as well about um geriatric care and being holding a space for people uh, to transition and helping their family members to get through that and all of the other things that i've learned like being a doula through being a doula and being a reiki practitioner have helped me in that way as well yeah. That's amazing. It's like, you know, the whole birth and death life cycle. You're really yes. intimately involved with the whole thing. Um, that's really, I love that. That's really interesting. Um, so you and I actually met a super long time ago, probably back, probably in the nineties. Yes. <laughs> when in we, the 90s, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Back when we both used to work for the like electrical utility company, which I think is so interesting because uh, you ended up becoming my Reiki master. So <laughs> like 10 or 15 years later, I don't even know how much, I don't want to think about how much time has passed really honestly, but um, I just think it's pretty cool that um, we went from that, both of us went from that working at a place where literally it turns the lights on in your house to doing work that kind of turns your lights on inside. <laughs> yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, tell, tell me about your journey with Reiki. I really have, like, I really loved studying with you and learning from you um, personally. I was coming from the chiropractic field, which um, for me was really heady, the whole education process. So learning things like holistic pelvic care with Tammy Kent and then learning uh, Reiki with you was really helpful for me because both of those modalities were energy-based and that helped me. And they're simple. So it helped me kind of come more down into my body and actually do healing work that I feel like I personally didn't learn in chiropractic school. Tell me a little bit about um, what drew drew you to Reiki and what made you want to go all the way through to being a Reiki master teacher. So as a child, my grandmother was very um, in tune with energy. And um, at the time, I didn't really understand it. Now I, I know as an adult, that she was what they call clairsentient. So she was a knower. Um, She was someone Mm. who knew things before they happened. She was able to predict things that were coming. She read signs. Um, And because I had the unique um, um, opportunity to live with her as a young child and grow up with her, I, better than anybody else in my family, was positioned to see her functioning in this way Um, more than anybody else. And so I didn't understand it, but I knew it was real. And as I got older, she would tell me, you know, things like um, people have gifts. They just aren't tuned in. You know, they're not paying attention. Um, They're not developing them. They're afraid. 
And she was also simultaneously very, very religious. She was Catholic and went to church every day and prayed. And, you know, she also used something that I love, which is water um, in her daily practice, her daily life. So she used holy water. She was very much a holy water um, believer. (laughs) And and I've always loved water, maybe because I'm a Pisces, I'm not sure, but I've always loved water. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I was always fascinated with her use of, you know, wanting to sprinkle us every night with holy water and uh, pray over us. So as I got older, I think I, I, and I've told this story to a lot of my students, but I think as I got older, I um, pushed down that part of me that was interested in what this was, you know, this, this alternative, this quiet, secret energy life that some people have. And so, um, I went with what, you know, society promotes and pushes us toward, which is thinking and reason and rationale. And that's probably how I ended up at uh, the utility company, Um, (laughs) you know, because I was using that, that side of the brain, you know, which is like, get a job, make some money and, you know, just push through and be successful. And uh, somewhere in the midst of that journey, I actually um, met uh, Andrea, who I'm pretty sure you know as well. Yes. And um, a conversation that we had and then an email that she subsequently sent out turned my life in a whole different different direction. And I started going back to understanding that I was really not happy with what I was doing and that there was more that I needed to be uh, focused on. And so Mm -hmm. it started me down a path of looking for what else could I do? How could I move beyond this job into doing something that was more meaningful to me. And that led me to nutrition school, which, um, you know, was an added piece. But prior to that, I, during that seeking of like, what else could there be? There was a friend that I had, another friend that I had who actually invited me to take a Reiki class at her house. I had never heard the word Reiki before, didn't know what it was. But she was a very, very, very good friend who had been there for me in a really dire time in my life. And I trusted her. So I just showed up at her house on Saturday for the class. And mm-hmm. when the lady started talking about Reiki and energy and all of that, I was like, what? <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. But I stayed for the entire weekend and I went home and I started practicing some of the things that I'd learned. And I started seeing how it was getting me back to being more connected to myself uh, out of my head, as you said earlier, and more into my body. And I liked that. And I realized that this was sort of an answer that I'd been seeking. Mm. So it was sort of like that accidental Reiki class that I (laughs) ended up in and it changed my life. Literally. I love that. That's so cool. There was something Um, that she saw in me that, um, she knew it would be good for me. Yeah. You definitely seem like very, very natural at it. And I, I really appreciated your, your really practical approach to teaching it also. Um, Cause a lot of people in my experience in the energy world can be like a little too, I don't know what the right word is. I don't like to say woo woo cause it seems so dismissive, but like just a little ungrounded, I guess is the best way to say it. And I really appreciated um the grounded practical application that you brought to the table when you were teaching us. Thank you. You know, I think that's important. It was important for me to teach from, it's important for me to teach from that, um, that space because 
some people are like myself, um, can be very practical and, you know, some of that other stuff, it just scares you if you're not prepared for it or not ready for it or not at that state. So, um, it's actually one of the things that most of the majority of my students comment about that they weren't, um, frightened off, um, because of the practical practicality of how I teach. Yeah. And Reiki really by itself is pretty practical. People tend to complicate it in my opinion. Absolutely. Not that it's wrong to complicate it, but there's, you know, you can add lots of different layers to it, but by itself, it's extremely simple, which is what I love about it. It just, it just, just putting your hands on somebody and centering yourself, I think is, goes a long way towards like helping people actually heal because it does so much to help the whole nervous system just calm down so it can do its thing and the body can heal itself. So it really just helps us, I think, get out of the way when we keep it really simple. Yes. Simple is what Reiki is. Absolutely. And, and I love to talk about that in my classes and, um, you know, keeping it practical. And I do a big piece of my class on, you know, what is Reiki and what is not, because there are a lot of layers that are added and people are often confused about what Reiki really is. And it really is as simple as you said, just placing your hands on and centering yourself. Um, yeah, I love it. When I first became a chiropractor, I was very scared of adjusting people's necks, which is why I ended up really focusing on vagina care. <laughs> part of it, part of it was my avoidance of doing like neck adjusting. And, um, I, I, I had to get through the fear. And so one of the ways, and I also knew I couldn't be in a state of fear internally and then put that kind of an impulse into somebody's, especially neck where the brainstem mm-hmm. is. Like I just felt really serious about that. And Reiki actually really helped me because I learned how I could just sit. And even if all I did was keep my hands on somebody's neck until I calmed down, that was really important. And it was such a helpful tool for me, <laughs> like so profoundly helpful. Um, just to continue to, to continue keeping that really calm state, because before you can put an impulse into anyone's system at, you know, the way chiropractic impulses can be really jarring and aggressive if you're not, if you're not really clear on the inside. And so for me, Reiki was a profound way to make me a better chiropractor. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool. I just love it. It's so simple and fun. So I definitely recommend ways. I'm glad that you found ways to integrate Reiki into your chiropractic work. That's, I've not heard that before. Well, it seems like such an obvious connection, but for me, that's what I needed. I didn't like the feeling of being like nervous or um, unsure or anything like that. And I feel like, I don't know, people are going through so much and they're all keyed up often when they come in um, and to just give them an impulse and send them on their way and spend five minutes with them or less to me um, just isn't enough especially considering that I also do deep work with women in the pelvic floor. So I just like to spend a little more time with people in general. And Reiki gave me a nice tool for that too. Yes. And one of the things I love about Reiki in my practice with Reiki is that primarily I work with women, um, but women get to come in and uh, lay down and sort of let go of the outside world. And then I use um, in my practice, I use um, brainwave entrainment music. So it helps them to focus mm. inward and not being paying attention to what's going on on the outside. Um, and it's amazing because their their experiences are profound. Just yeah. from laying hands on and getting women to focus inward on themselves and what they're sensing and what they're feeling, it, it like awakens all of the nerve impulses and the um, 
the non-physical um, experiences that we're having that we kind of block out because of our physical physicality all the time. We're always just going, going, going and just yeah. getting them to kind of center and focus and, and power down um, mm-hmm. by itself without anything else is just, um, just being able to accomplish that is healing. Yeah. yeah that's really huge. That's like, in my opinion, a big, such a big, huge piece of healing, the biggest piece. <laughs> and then the other piece is just touch. I mean, so many women yeah. are not touched at all, especially older yep. women. And then I just had a conversation with my cousin yesterday about my aunt, who's actually in, um, rehab right now. She's 86. And my cousin was talking about how in physical therapy, they're trying to get her up and she's just not even accustomed to being touched by people. So you've got these two folks that are trying to grab her and pull her up out of a chair. And she's like freaked out by that. And I see that a lot in my practice that, you know, women are not touched, especially when they're older, but also even younger women who are touched more often are often not touched in a way that's not where something's not expected in return. Yeah, I have often had people come to my practice, women come to my practice, and they'll just start to cry just because they're getting that like non-sexual healing touch. Yes. Um, And they're like, wow, I don't ever get that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sad. Yeah, we definitely were touch starved in our culture, which I think is one of the problems. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I really I I like Reiki for that reason too, and it doesn't take any sort of like specialized training, and it because it's very simple and it doesn't do any harm. So I definitely encourage people who are at all interested in any of the things we've talked about to like check out a Reiki class because it might seem a little more um, out there than you think. Because truly, what it really is is just healing touch and. Um, bringing calm to the system, which is so healing. Yes. Um, so I wanted to also talk about something else that you do, which is the, the vaginal steams. So a lot, this is, uh, I hear people talking about this a lot. I confess, I don't actually know a lot about it mainly because I have, because I'm really, I don't have a lot of knowledge about herbs and I know that they're very strong and powerful. And before I'm ready to give advice about it. Um, I wanted to like study more herbs. So I tend to just refer out for these types of things. Um, so I'd love to hear more about like what vaginal steams are, what they're useful for, what the process is like, can we demystify it a little bit for people? Sure. Absolutely. So vaginal steaming is, or sometimes it's called yoni steam. Um, vaginal steaming is actually not a new thing. It's something that historically has been done worldwide and by ancient cultures and civilizations and even just indigenous uh, people. Um, In a lot of countries, it's still being done. Um, Most of most of the studies I've seen on vaginal steaming in indigenous, you know, by indigenous people shows that it's been used a lot for postpartum care. So after a woman has a baby, you know, there's a whole healing that needs to happen for her body to get back to where it was. And so steaming, vaginal steaming is something that's been used traditionally um, for women in that situation. But in places like China where, um, excuse me, uh, Korea, where um, vaginal steaming is used in medical settings, um, it's used mm-hmm. to heal all, a, a, a wide array, a, array of um, gynecological issues that women have. So mm-hmm. we like to joke about it in the um, steaming community as, you know, gynecology in a box. <laughs> um, <laughs> so 
It's a pretty simple concept. I mean, a lot like Reiki, a very simple concept in that if you think about steam, which, you know, this also makes me think of our work at the electric company. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but if you think about connected. it is. So if you think about steam, um, steam has a lot of properties and a lot of things that it accomplishes. So we know that steam can um, unstuck, unstick things. So for instance, there's the common knowledge that, you know, you can hold an envelope that's been sealed um, shut yeah. over steam and it'll loosen the glue and then you can open the envelope. So we know that it unsticks things. Um, steam, when you boil a pot of water on the stove with the lid on, when the water starts boiling, the lid starts lifting and it starts rattling because steam lifts. Um, so it has the property of lifting. Um, steam has the ability to open up pores and to open up, um, to increase circulation. So when we look at steaming and placing the vagina over steam, we're looking at increasing circulation to the pelvic area. We're looking at loosening things that are stuck. Um, and we're looking mm-hmm. at, um, we're looking at lifting and uh, supporting organs and tissue. So these are some of the things that steam can help affect. Um, it can loosen up old residue, um, in the uterus, um, mm-hmm. so that, that that comes out, uh, so that it starts to sort of slough off and come out on its own. And we're talking about just steam, not with herbs or anything, just water. So steam just, just water, in yeah. and of itself by itself without adding anything else to it is very, very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. steam runs engines, it runs machines. My husband used to work for Con Edison in New York and, uh, mm-hmm. he worked in the power plant <laughs> and, uh, he worked with steam. That was his, that that was his thing. Uh, He worked with turbines and pumps and they were forcing steam through there to convert to, you know, um, forcing water through there and converting it to steam for energy. And so um, when I first heard about vaginal steaming and I started learning a little bit about the properties that it has that impact um, female reproductive health, I thought about all the conversations that my husband and I have had when he used to work there about steam and what they were using it for. And I realized, wow, this is amazing. And it mm-hmm. makes so much sense. Um, but what we're doing is using it in a very small, limited capacity. So one of the primary questions that people ask about, women ask about steaming is, is it going to burn? And the obvious answer right. is no, it's not going to burn. I mean, it can burn if you you know don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it just has the ability to really help treat infections, um, Stagnation, which results manifests itself in our menstrual cycles as clotting and cramping, uh, fibroids and cysts and things like that. Uh, it also has the ability to affect dryness and excess heat in the body, um, which can lead to things like you know painful intercourse, um, dry virus viral infections and dry bacterial infections. Um, it so can also would you say- uh, the vaginal steams are useful for women who are experiencing menopausal symptoms or perimenopausal Absolutely. symptoms. Absolutely. Nice. And that's my area of expertise and, and high interest because yeah. there's so little information available for women who are postmenopause and especially for women who are post-hysterectomy. Yes. There's like nothing out there okay. for those women. There's no assistance, no help. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's just normal. You don't exist anymore, so whatever. Yeah, you're not re- you're not productive anymore in society, yeah. so we don't care. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, and I know because I've been through that, and it's just like, wow, that's it's a horrible place to be. And the main reason I started steaming was for those exact same reasons, yeah. because there was nothing out there for me. And it's just like, okay, I need you know, I'm going to try this, and I was amazed at the at the results, and also very wonderful for low libido, 
um, and for uterine fatigue, which is, you know, primarily manifests itself as women who have what we call short cycles or bleed too, too often or spotting in between yeah. periods or flood bleeding. So um, steaming can help with all of those things. Hmm. Even no UTIs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love working in this field because I get to learn new things constantly. 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 That's so, that's so interesting. So then um, because <laughs> I mean, I'll hear things, I'll hear things, especially in the more Western medical community where they'll just obviously make fun of all this stuff. And then they'll say that it's really super dangerous. And so, and I just always thought that was, it didn't feel very true. Um, But a lot of times they'll talk about like putting the herbs in there. So it could be so dangerous. So what do you know about when people are using herbs with vaginal steaming? Do they just put it in the water while it's steaming up into the vagina tissues? Yes. Um, just adding water, the herbs to the water, letting them cook, so to speak, for yeah. a few minutes and then sitting over that. But you have to use the right herbs for the right, yeah. um, the right, reason. the right reasons, yeah. for the right conditions. You, The way that I was trained, you have to know how to make, it's not just like using, let's say like, you know, you have, um, you, you're, 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 let's say you, hmm, let's say you need, you're, you need disinfecting herbs. So you use lavender, which is, has great disinfecting yeah. properties. Lavender in and of itself is powerful and wonderful, but for steam, um, you want to have a blend that not only disinfects, but also supports the other needs that the woman's body has. So it's really knowing how to make a good blend that's going to support and not create an imbalance. Yeah. Cause yeah, herbs and herbs can be powerful. Plants are powerful. They absolutely <laughs> they can be very are. Powerful. And they can be contraindicated. Um, there, there's also times that a woman is contraindicated to steam. Um, such yeah. as when she's pregnant, um, you should mm-hmm. not steam when you're pregnant. You shouldn't steam while you have your cycle, your period. Um, mm-hmm. there's certain conditions that women can have that are contraindicated to steaming, like flood bleeding. Like if you're having issues with bleeding a lot all the time, you should yeah. not steam because it can encourage bleeding. Um, so yeah. there's contraindicated states that women can be in that mean they shouldn't steam. And then there's also herbs that can contraindicate with, um, medications that women are taking. Um, and other health concerns that they have. So you have to really know what you're doing. I do, yeah. Always, always check out your practitioners and do your homework for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I like, I I understand it a lot more now. I like um, just the idea of using plain water and steam. I think that I can see why that would help a lot of those different um, issues that you mentioned before. A lot of women report just even steaming with water that they feel besides the, the physical uh, benefits that they feel more connected to their womb, that they feel movement or warmth in their womb that they never felt before. Um, mm-hmm. So for some women that come in to see me, I actually use it, use steaming as a way if they're having some sacral chakra issues. So that whole womb area is like, you know, if they've been maybe a victim of sexual trauma or in some other way, they've sort of disconnected their mind from that part of their body. Steaming can be a way to sort of bring that connection back and bring that respect and and, um, honoring back to that part of the body as well. Yeah, that's that's such a huge part about holistic pelvic care too. the work that I do. And it's different, obviously, because I'm doing internal massage, Mm -hmm. but it has some of the same... Um, purposes. And that that's a huge part of it for women who've had trauma, which is a huge percentage. Yes. Um, and uh, her just felt disconnected. And I've learned over the years from doing this work that our culture 
really disconnects us from this area of the body. Yes. And so mo- most of us, without even without trauma, are walking around with disconnections often. And so it's a really beautiful thing just to hold space for a woman to reconnect with her own body because we have the right to feel good in our entire bodies. Absolutely. And there's so much in gynecological care and modern gynecological care that encourage that encourages that disconnection. Um, yes. You know, I've had I had a woman come in to see me who had a miscarriage. She was trying to conceive and had a miscarriage and then had a DNC. And after that, her period didn't come back. And yeah. um, and then it came back, but it was like only lasting a day. And yeah. she ended up going back to the gynecologist after several months and said, you know, I, my, my, my period's only one day long and I'm trying to get pregnant. Like this isn't working. And the doctor told her it was, it, it was normal mm-hmm. and said, you know, I only have my period once one time, one day a month too. And, <laughs> you know, she was so offended, you know, she was just like, what, yeah. you know, and a lot, and she said, I was really offended. She said, but honestly, she said five years prior, I would have just been like, okay. Yeah. And um, one of the things I've learned from doing this work in vaginal steaming is that so many women, I mean, way more women than I ever thought and way more women than most of us probably think are yeah. suffering in silence. Yeah. With like, like, like 80% or more or more, you know, suffering in yeah. silence with all types of, um, gynecological problems that they've been told are normal or, you know, just take yeah. birth control pill and that'll put it under control. You know, um, yeah. there's just, it's horrible. It's really very or, sad. Oh, need a surgery or oh we'll just wait until your system crashes and we'll put you on medication <laughs> if they're, my experience even if they're if they're even believed because that's the other thing is that a lot yes. of women aren't even believed yes yeah yeah which is Absolutely. a big holdover from i remember my experience and not my personal experience but my um my memories of the 70s when you know women like my mom were just put on darvon and other um tranquilizers to just, you know, um, calm them down because, you know, gynecologists were like, women are just being hysterical. About yeah. Their I mean, cycles. that's where, that's where the root of like hysterectomy comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a solution for it's getting like, well, us I'll just to take it out, hysterical. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's absurd. That's the only reason it makes me laugh. Cause I laugh at absurd things. It's so absurd. And then so, I found out that yeah. the word period actually comes from, the the under the belief that once a month women had this periodic illness that no oh, one I didn't even know that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure like all the words we use have some sort of like historical like gross meaning. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I'm really glad that more and more of us too though like we're we're really getting past the shame around vagina and so more and more of us are doing this type of work whether we're just in whatever form it takes and helping women um, really reconnect themselves and heal a lot of this. Cause you're right. It's uh, like, it's an epidemic really. Yes, it is. And um, one of the answers is creating honor in a space where there's only been shame. Yes, absolutely. And it's, a, it's, you know, hats off to you for what you do. And um, I've, and I see so many more women stepping into this space to help women heal um, yeah. in ways that have been, they've been ignored in the past or only treated yeah. by men who had no clue what was really going on. Yeah. Even ones that like, maybe their hearts were in the right place, but just out of sheer, not understanding at all can do yes. a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, cool. Um, is there anything else that has you fired up right now? Hmm. Um, wow. Right mm-hmm. now, vaginal stimming is like everything to me. <laughs> um, I am doing some, I am doing some work around caregiver support, um, helping families who are trying to, who are just starting out on the path of taking care of a loved one and elder usually. Um, I am doing some work around helping support those families because I have so much experience now having cared for four elders. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of done with doing it myself, but um, several of my mom's nurses and um, other medical practitioners that I worked with over the years um, as part of a team of support have encouraged me to um, really, you know, go out and support other families that are going through this, you know, in ways that they can help their family, their loved one with holistic means. So um, teaching them, you know, what to feed people who have dementia, um, who have, you know, Parkinson's and other conditions like that, um, how to do energy work. I've been training caregivers um, on Reiki so that they Mm -hmm. can use Reiki with their loved ones. Um, I found Reiki to be incredibly useful with my father-in-law and my mother. Um, my husband is also a Reiki practitioner, Reiki master. And so we used Reiki a lot with his father, especially who was a very, had a very agitated form of, um, um, Alzheimer's and Reiki was the only thing that would calm him down. And so, um, just being able to teach others how to use it in their families, you know, in their, in their family situations. Um, but also, um, I'm really excited about finishing school. I'm in school to become a traditional naturopath. And, oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. And it's a, you will be wonderful at that. It's been a long journey. I'm not near the, I'm not at the end yet, but I'm getting there. And so I'm excited yeah. about that. And um, one of the things that vaginal steaming is really the, you know, the training and learning with vaginal steaming has really helped me to see is um, more connections between all the different modalities of healing. And I'm really yeah. excited about that. I mean, for instance, I'm just getting over a cold and I'm able to see, um, you know, in my cold, if I have, you know, certain type of mucus or, um, yeah, certain type of mucus or certain types of symptoms, I'm seeing the correlations between that and like vaginal infections and mm-hmm. knowing, under- having a greater understanding of how to treat myself for a cold yeah. than I had before. So I'm really excited and fired up about just the intersection and the um, the crossover of knowledge from one modality to the other. That's really exciting to me. Yeah. Learning about fun. herbs has been phenomenal. I mean, I've always used herbs my whole life, but learning about herbs in a, on a whole nother level, it's been extremely rewarding and fascinating. Mind-blowing, actually. That's, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's such a huge topic. It's always scary to me because it's like, it's so big and plants are so powerful. And it really is like, like you end up becoming basically like the same kind of knowledge as a pharmacologist really. Cause there's so, I mean, that everything comes from plants. Everything. And so I'm really excited about spring. I'm looking, I'm always excited about spring because I'm not a fan of winter, but I'm really, really yeah. excited about spring this year because I'm going to um, be starting an herb garden. And um, actually next month, I'm going to start planting my seeds and getting ready for that. And I have a a really good friend in North Carolina who's coming to visit me um, in mid-February. So she's going to help me get that started. She's a gardener. She's um, she's a gardener trying to become a farmer. 
So she's going to be helping me with that project. And I'm excited to be able to do that and grow my own herbs that I can use for steaming. So. Ah, that's so exciting. Well, why don't you tell us, um, how, tell people how they can find you if they're interested in learning more or studying with you to learn more Reiki or anything that you're teaching. Um, uh, my website is key to wellness.com and that's Q I T O wellness key to wellness.com. And I can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, at key to wellness as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the easiest ways to reach me um, by phone. My number is 804-977-1779. I'm located in Richmond, Virginia, but I work with uh, clients worldwide. Panama, wonderful, Australia, Alaska, Hawaii, oh, wow. Michigan, doesn't cool. matter. And yeah. I do, I am actually getting ready to launch. I used to have this up and running, but I decided to revamp it. So I'm getting ready to probably in the next two months relaunch my online online Reiki master certification course. Yay. So that'll also be available on my website probably in March. Cool. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I learned a lot and I hope a lot of other people did too. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and reconnect with you, I should say. And uh, I'm excited to hear more about what you're doing. And when I come to Portland in March, um, I hope we can get together. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find show notes at vitalvagina.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with your friends. We'll be back next week with another episode.